Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM 95.9. A very good evening to all of you. Welcome to My Money and Me, the show that helps you get your finances back on track, even in these tough times. So tonight we're talking about the UIF, the Unemployment Insurance Fund, everything you need to know in order to access funds that have been made available. We look at early retirement. Is this an option for you? And Amanda Dambiza, CEO of Uyandiswa, will be sharing her money journey with us a little bit later. Later on on the show. All of this coming up in the next hour. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Avropolitan. Right, so let's get into it. The Department of Labour recently told Parliament that it has paid out around 4 billion rand during the lockdown period, covering over a million workers who lost their income as a result of COVID-19, this lockdown, which was instituted to deal with the virus. Some South Africans, however, haven't had luck with the process of claiming. So this evening, we take a look at how to go about applying for the UIF for yourself for your employees um, we really want to understand how to get around this process there's no point in us hearing announcements about money being made available but we can't actually access it. My guest this evening is Teboho Maropeng and he is a commissioner for the Unemployment Insurance Fund Teboho, thank you so much for giving us your time this evening uh, thank you, Sumitra, for inviting me to your show. I'm looking forward to this evening. So we, we're really looking at breaking down the process for accessing the UIF. Maybe let's just start with um, what's available um, to maybe employees at this stage. When you say available, are you referring to the budget? In terms of funding, yes, the budget. What has been allocated? Who can actually apply? Okay, uh, the people who, who qualify to apply are those who have an employer-employee relationship with an employer and an employee. And your relationship must be at least, you must be working for that company for 24 hours and more per month. And your company needs to be registered with UIF, must be declaring you as an employee to UIF and also paying your contributions on a monthly basis. But there are a few companies that you know that they are contributing to SARS and therefore, we link up with SARS to, to get their details also. But there's quite a few in between that may have missed the, the declarations here and there. There are some who have missed their contributions here and there. But we still also have those clients through the process. Okay. Afropolitans, just a reminder, my guest this evening is Teboho Marupeng. He is a commissioner with the Unemployment Insurance Fund. If you have any questions while I have him on the line, this is your opportunity to get in touch. Please give me a call. The number is 86 Call us and let us know if you have any questions or you can um, send through um, a message on um, uh, Twitter um, at KayaFM95.9 or at KayaFM. FM talk. Tebaho, we'll continue. When we look at um, the amendment that was made yesterday, into, uh, I think there were a few amendments that were gazetted. Take us through those amendments for applying for UIF. Okay. In essence, what we're looking for now is only those companies that 
are still in lockdown, but there's a number of permutations that are available. Some companies are going to return to work partially where you still have some employees working from home. You'll have maybe a third of your staff that comes to work on day-to-day basis. Then you'll be applying for the few that are not coming to work. Or you may also apply for those that are working for maybe twice a week instead of a full week. They may be working twice a week or two times a week. Then you'll be applying for the difference. And, and that's the, the for the period of May that we're looking at. Okay, so my understanding is that employees um, don't make the application on their own. It's up to their employers to make that application, even if it means that they're applying for the part that they're unable to pay. So, for instance, you know, we had the question a short while ago about um, a salary being cut by 40%. Um, So the rest, the employer can apply to the UIF. Yes. The employer can apply to the UIF where the salary is cut, whatever the percentage may be. As I was saying earlier, your salary may be cut by 40% because you're working fewer hours mm-hmm. a day or fewer days a month. Or it may be cut because 50% of the staff comes this week, another 50% comes next week. And the week keeps rotating like that just for the staff to keep the social distancing at work. You still apply for those as an employer. In the main Sumitra, we are also trying to limit the number of people who come to our labor centers because the more people come to the labor centers, the more the social distancing is compromised and the more people get exposed to COVID and the more the number of people who get infected and the more we lose breadwinners. And that's what we are trying to support as a Department of Employment and Labor. Okay, so how does one, is, is that the only way now to apply? You have to physically go into a labor center. Can this process not be done online? Actually, you don't have to go to the labor center at all. Okay. Our labor centers are not open. We have an, an online platform, your company goes online and applies on behalf of their employees. We pay within 24 to 48 hours. We pay companies money, and that money must be transferred to the employees within, within two days, two working days. And what are the what are the requirements to make? What what is the paperwork that you require um, in order to make these payments? The, the, the main paperwork that you require is that the company, the, the person who is applying on behalf of the company, must confirm and have a signed document that says I've been authorized to apply for this company. That's the first thing. Then the second thing, we need confirmation of the banking details of the company. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, we need a full salary schedule of the people that the company is applying for. And in that full schedule, we are looking for the name, the surname, the ID number of the employees, the salary that they are earning on monthly basis. And you also need to tell us if for that month, are you paying them a full salary, part of the salary, whatever amount that you are paying them. So it's form part of the formula that you use to calculate the benefit to the employee. Okay, so Teboho, if you have all of these uh, documents that you require, but the employee has not been registered for UIF, but has been working for over a year for this yeah. employer, can that employer still give you all the details, everything else, and apply? Yeah. Of course. The employer still needs to apply for all the employees, whether they've registered for them or they've not registered for them. 
Once they've registered, they've applied for these employees, we'll engage the employer on the arrangement on how they need to pay us back, whatever that they may owe us. They may be behind on their declarations and their um, contribution to UIF. We'll do it with the employer, but they need to apply so that we, we can get the feel of how much they owe UIF and maybe make an arrangement with the employer, but not compromise the employee. The burden for compliance lies solely on the feet of the employer, and hence you don't want to compromise the employees in the process. Okay, so you have the uh, reduced working time option, so that yes. figure can be given, and then you also have the temporary employer-employee relief scheme. There is a limit to how much you can apply in this case. Take us through that. Okay, with the reduced working hours, in the main, that scheme focuses on your normal day-to-day operations. If your business at any given time of the year, of the week, of the month, it has to reduce the amount of hours the employees has to work. You apply for that benefit as an employer for your employees and you pay at a different formula. But for the COVID test, there the formula is such that we don't pay anything less than 3.5. If our benefit calculations give you Let's say it gives you 2.5. We mm-hmm. lift you up to 3.5 because we are aware that during this time you are going to need a number of things as an employee to survive from home. You need sanitizers, you need masks, you need to wash your hands often, you need to remain healthy at home. And we'll not pay you more than 6.7. So our limit is minimum 3.5, the maximum is 6.7. Okay, so so but if that employee is earning like three 3,250, they cannot apply? The employer cannot apply here. Oh no, they should apply. Okay. Every uh, every employer should apply for every employee, okay. irrespective of how much salary you get a month. Okay. So then, and then, you, but you will only you will pay from three five onwards. No, no, no. I don't understand that. Yes. Okay. What I'm saying is, our payout, the mm-hmm. amount that we'll pay to each employee, will not be less than three point five. Ah, okay. And it will not be more than six point seven. Okay. So it will be a range between 3.5 and 6.7. Okay, but if, okay. So if somebody so if somebody applies for less than that, you're still going to pay 3.5. Yep. If you apply and it it, it puts you at 2.5. Yeah. We lift you up to 3.5. 3.5. Okay. Yes. So that extra and that extra will just come from the UIF. The employer doesn't have anything to do with that because they've been paying 3.250 every month, but you are paying three five. You are paying three point five. Okay, that's great. And then we heard about an amount of seventeen thousand seven hundred and twelve. There odd, um, there was that uh, salaries will be capped for you know higher earning um, um, employees. Um, you are saying that you would only pay up to six seven, right? Yes. Okay, the seventeen thousand seven hundred and twelve mm-hmm. is the contribution ceiling. Okay. So if, like, like Sumitra, for example, is earning 30000 per month, yeah. your contribution per month will only be calculated at the 17712 It will not be calculated at the 30000 Ah, I see. Yes. Okay, so there's only so much that you can. Okay, so if it's calculated at that, but you and then you can apply for that full amount because Sumitra is earning 30000 but we're only giving you um, seventeen at this stage because that's the highest amount we can give. Nope. We'll, we'll give you a, a calculated value. Up to, our calculation will calculate 
up to the, the value of 17,000. So that means our, our sliding scale, it starts from 38% up to 60%. So that means that the, the worst case scenario, you'll get 38% of the 17,000. And that's how the 6.7 comes into play. I see. So all of these amounts will go on the sliding scale and you will work out. So the uh, And this is why it's important for the employer to say, this is how much I usually pay. There's the bank statement to show you how much I pay on a regular basis. Exactly. Okay, great. All right. So moving on from there, so that is available. And again, the employer needs to apply for this. Yes. Okay, so moving on now, and we're looking at social grants. Are the social grants also being paid from the UIF? No, actually, we've seen this confusion in the media. Mm. The social grants are not paid through the UIF. I think what the government is trying to do is we want to pay people who are not employed, and we are targeting people who are not benefiting from any other benefit that the country is offering. So if you are getting UIF, you shouldn't apply for the social grant. If you are getting NEFSAs or you are getting any other grants that the government offers, you, you are not supposed to apply for that transition. Ah, okay, so this, think, yeah, yeah. this is a very important clarification. So if you're getting one, you need to actually decide which one you want to apply for. You can't apply for everything, even though you fall into the categories where you qualify for all of, all of the funds that are available. Not quite. Okay. Because all of them are legislated. Yes. Like for example, if you are getting NEFSAs, that means you are a student at a university. Yes. Or at a technical college. Therefore, we'll give you NEFSAs and other benefits that goes with you attending school. Okay, so if you're a student and you, uh, and you, uh, you collect something from NEFSAs, um, yes. but, that's the, but that's a loan, right? That would always be paid back. That needs to be paid back. No. The government is offering education for free at a certain level. Okay. Yes. yes. But I think you, you need to call to call higher education to okay through that. Okay. So what state. what I'm trying to understand is if you're yeah. getting something from NASFAS and yes. as a student you also have a job somewhere and you have been working steadily for mm. somebody and you're now yeah. being affected by COVID, can the employer also apply for you um uh uh, the the from the funds that are available at UIF. Yes, you can so apply. The, the employer will apply for you, but you will not apply for the social grant that has been made available now. Okay, so you can go and apply on your own. No, the, the, your company will apply on your behalf. Okay, but you just go to a different department. Yes. Okay, so that's what I was trying to understand. So if you oh, are collecting yeah. something at NASFAS, you are able to apply as well to the other benefits that are available. You yes, just go to a different department. I think we just need to balance this out. You yes. gave a simple example earlier that yeah. you are a student and then you, then you get employed by, yes. another, by an institution and that institution pays UIF for you every month. Yes. Now, during lockdown, when the institution applied for UIF, you would qualify for UIF. Yes. But once you're qualifying for UIF, you cannot apply for the, 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 the work grant that has been made available now at social development because you're already getting a UIF benefit. That benefit is meant for people who are getting nothing at all from any of our state institutions. That is the special COVID-19 social relief of distress yes. grant. That's the 350 rand. Yes. Okay. 
All right. No, I understand. I, I hear what you're saying. But they would need to, okay, yeah. So it's a social grant is separate. So the social relief of distress grant, that would be for people that don't have access to anything else. They don't have any employment, right? Yes. Okay. And all the other grant recipients will receive an extra 250 rand per month, also separate. So even if you, so what about pensioners, right? So pensioners would receive their grant and, or maybe somebody that's partially disabled and they receive um, a disability grant, they would get an extra 250 per month. But if they are doing some sort of work, maybe online or something for their employer, can the employer also apply for them on the other UIF benefits? Yeah, you see, what covers UIF is that you have an employer-employee relationship. Yes. If that can be established that as an employer-employee relationship, you qualify for UIF because there is that relationship and you're working for 24 hours and more and you're contributing, we will pay because it's an insurance. Got you. Got you. Yes. Okay, so that will, so those will, those will carry on as per normal. So you can actually do that. Yes. Right. What about claiming for UIF after you've uh, retired? Maybe you, oh, maybe you're 66, but you still, mm-hmm. again, in this case, where the, when you have, uh, you may have, you may be doing, you may be called back to do something for the company, mm-hmm. and you're employed. Um, can you claim at this age? Can the employer claim on behalf? Again, it goes back to your employer-employee relationship. Employer-employee relationship, yes. Okay. It goes back to that point. Okay, so there you go. So you have all of that. There are some concerns about the fact that UIF wasn't actually paying out. Has this process been minimized to make sure? I mean, as you said earlier when we started this conversation, mm-hmm. that payments are being made um, uh, within 24 hours to 48 hours. Yes. Okay, so I'm trying to, if there's a query, if something is missing, if there's a document missing, how easy is this process? What kind of communication line is there online in order to get these payments made out timelessly? Yes, what we've done at this stage, we've upgraded our online platform such that you're able to log on and you can follow your status of your case. And it will show you where you are in the process, if it's in payment. And once you've paid, it will give you the schedule. And in the schedule, it will give you a breakdown of who we have paid. And the ones that we have paid, it will tell you that maybe it's declaration missing or it's contribution missing. So there is a status for each, each of the steps that a person goes through when you apply for the benefit. I hear. But when you're speaking to somebody online, I mean, is it just, it, do you have a bot talking? Uh, I mean, is there communication online in terms of this process or is you just submit the application and you have to wait for UIF to get back to you? Yes, as I was saying now, once you, you, you've applied, yeah, there's a status tab on your platform, on your profile. That will update you constantly. It will update you constantly. And as I was saying that we are processing within 24 hours at best and 48 hours at worst. So as I'm talking to you now, the only cases outstanding are the cases we've received on the feed. And what is today, the 6th? Today is the 5th. It's the 5th. Yeah. So the cases that are outstanding now are the ones that we've received today. Ah, okay. So the process is moving along. Okay. So we have, I have one more question for you. In terms of those employees that are not actually applying on behalf of their staff, but they have maybe let them go or they maybe have cut back their time, put them on schedules, maybe twice a week or three times a week. What then does the employee do? Because 
as as per the the requirements the employer needs to make this application yeah uh, it's not our preferred option that the employee must apply on their own because in, in the main once employees start to apply on their own we have 16.1 million applications yeah. and you don't have capacity to process that much so many applications and hence we are encouraging employers yeah. to do the right thing and apply on behalf of their employees but with that as it may, mm. we've created an option on our online pot- platform such that as an employee, you have that option to go online and apply on your own and put all the necessary documentation and process the claim. But it's not a preferred option. Okay. But I mean, I'm just saying, in the case where the employee is actually not doing this, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't want to... Yes. yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for clarifying all of that. Um, thanks so much for those insights. Tabaho Maropeng is a commissioner at the Unemployment Insurance Fund. And of course, you know, very important conversation, very important to understand. A lot of people don't understand how these things are working, but they are available and the process is moving along. As uh, as Tabaho said that they're paying between 24 hours and 48 hours and you will be updated constantly with the tabs on the on the documents on your application as to whether you still need to uh, put forward more documents and you also even if you haven't um, as yet uh, registered your employee with UIF you can still go through at this time and apply for these benefits so make use of that because a lot of employees are struggling out there without this very very important income during this time. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.